So in the matter of a few hours, we found out Brenton Cox dismissed from the team. Dope. Starting tight end Keon Zipper out for the year. Dope. We're going to talk about how Florida can replace that production here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Like, subscribe, comment, review. Um, check out the Locked On Gators Discord in the description down below all that fun stuff. Um, but more importantly, thank you all for listening. And now we're, we're talking about this. We're getting right into it today. Brenton Cox Jr. gone from the team. Uh, yesterday morning, reports came out. It was dismissed from the team. And then it was a few people saying, no, not dismissed from the team. And then Billy Napier said, dismissed from the team so that was really fun Brenton Cox Jr. right now is the leading pressure creator on this Florida Gators defense I get it Brenton Cox Jr. not super liked in the locker room not super liked uh, by the fan base but to act as if this isn't a big loss on this Florida Gators defensive front is just silly like you can say Good riddance, um, you could say the trade-off of improving your locker room is worth the decrease in talent from your pass rush and your from your defensive line. You could say all that, and that's totally fine. Like, nobody would fault you for any of that, right? Great. But don't act like, don't act like this isn't a big loss on the field for the Florida Gators. There was a reason that Brenton Cox was thought of as an elite edge defender going into this season. And he still should be. He, he's great. He, he's struggled with finishing plays. Obviously, he has. That's that's something where nobody could excuse it or nobody could deny it. But there's a reason that he is still the leading pass rusher on this team. 20 pressures created by Brandon Cox Jr. I get it. He's not the leading sack artist because Amari Bernie has gotten a ton Yes, the few times that he's rushed, yes. But Jervon Dexter, second on the team in pressures with 14. That's not great, by the way. Prince Lee and Maylene, third on the team with 11, tied with Ventrell Miller with 11, who, by the way, off-ball linebacker. Justice Boone is next. The guy that will be likely replacing Brenton Cox Jr., Antoine Powell-Ryland, has seven this year. That's not a great number. Lloyd Summerall and David Reese each have one. They will likely also rotate in. Billy Napier has said Lloyd Summerall and Antoine Power Island will be the next two up, which that's cool with me. Like I, I have no problem with that. They've both been, I'll say, okay. Um, Antoine Power Island has just seven pressures on the year. He's obviously played significantly less pass rushing snaps than other guys. 
which, duh, <laughs> like that explains it quite a bit as far as why he's not super productive. It's also important to note that uh, Antoine Powell-Ryland had played a more rotational role, or not even rotational role, had played a more versatile role in terms of dropping back into coverage more than a higher percentage than Brenton Cox did, than Prince, than Prince Lehman Maline, than Lloyd Summerall, than David Reese. Antoine Powell Island has played exactly 100 pass defense snaps, drop back into coverage on 80, or drop back into coverage on 16 of them, pass rush percentage of 84%. His win percentage as a pass rusher, 12.3%. Brenton Cox Jr., 14.9%. Prince Lehman Meline, 11.8%. Javon Dexter, 8%. So Antoine Powell Island. Stepping into this big role, he he should play a significant amount of snaps. He should he should be the starter if you're asking me. Higher than Lloyd Summerall, higher than David Reese, who by the way, David Reese will likely play in and find a little bit more of a consistent role here. But just just player wise, if you don't have someone as talented as Britton Cox Jr., I would like to see you play like I said, Antoine Power Ryland, Lloyd Summerall, uh, David Reese, Prince Liam and Mia Lean should make or. I don't want to say should, could rotate in towards that more stand-up edge rusher role. You can kind of shift your defense maybe to be more of a 2-4-5 oriented uh, with better hand-in-the-dirt players, I'll say, at that jack spot that Brenton Cox Jr. has now left open after his dismissal. You could see players, which we'll talk about this more in the next segment, but you could see players like Chief Borders, could come in. He's been primarily a special teamer, as has Jack Pyburn been primarily a special teamer. I wouldn't expect to see someone like I wouldn't expect to see someone like Chris McLellan rotate in, but imagine having the three down linemen of Desmond Watson, Jervon Dexter, and Chris McLellan with your stand-up edge rusher now being Prince Liam and Meline bouncing outside as that stand-up edge. That's got to be at least a little enticing. Like that's a lot of weight up front. I don't know, uh, I don't know how functional that would be because then you—that's all three of your guys that play the defensive tackle, whether it's the zero tech or the three tech. Uh, that's your three guys there. So I don't know how uh, safe that would be because then you wouldn't have a ton of depth. But again, that would just be a rotational thing. You could see. Another edge, I mean, maybe we see, I doubt this, but maybe you see freshman edge rusher Andrew Savayania step in. I'm so sorry, by the way, because I am 100% certain that I ruined that uh, that pronunciation. But yeah, this is, this is a big loss for Florida Gators football team. I understand he is not super liked. I get that. And, I, and I'm not saying that he should be liked. However, it, it's definitely one of those things where it's going to be a little difficult to replace, at least in the long term or the short term, because there's four games remaining for the year. Nobody's really popped as a pass rusher from that edge jack spot, so it, it's going to be difficult to replace. And yes, I get it. Not super liked. Again, like I've said sixteen times already, he's not super well liked. He's had his attitude issues. I'm not going to talk about why right now. Maybe later down the line, we'll talk about what really happened. Um, but I will also say, I think it was justified. Think think that's safe to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't want to get super in depth onto what happened exactly, especially since the you know details need to come out. But 
I think it's important to talk about how the Florida Gators can replace Brenton Cox schematically because, like I've mentioned, you don't have a player that's good enough to just single-handedly replace Brenton Cox Jr.'s production, which, by the way, hasn't been super productive, but he's been the most productive, which is horrifying. I need I need people to get that one, too. Like, Brenton Cox Jr. was not a world beater this year. He had his flashes where he looked great, but he was not great this year for the most part. He's still by far, by a huge margin, your best pass rusher, and that should kind of scare the hell out of you. Uh, it should. But first, before we talk about how the Giants, how the Giants, how the Gators can replace him schematically, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. I mean, I think of unbelievable ability and unbelievable moments on the field for this week's throwing moment. I'm going to do what I did not think I would do long uh, or for a long time. Amari Bernie is the guy that I'm talking about. Yes, it could be Anthony Richardson down the sideline, Xavier Henderson, touchdown, untouched. No, it's Amari Bernie because of this sequence of events where the forced fumble and then the pick, just that that moment, that that collective moment was incredible from Amari Bernie. He stepped up when nobody else really was. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder. Today, available now at NissanUSA.com. Thanks again for making Lock Navigators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And now it's the point where we say, how can... Sean Spencer, how can Patrick Tony replace uh, replace Brenton Cox Jr. schematically? And you got to get a little creative with it. I think that not only do you have to get more creative schematically in order to generate the same pressure that Brenton Cox could generate, I think you get more versatile and you have a little more fun. I kind of touched on it last segment where you can bring out these different personnel groupings. You could have always done it, but I feel like now you you have someone where you need to replace them, and you can get creative with it. You could see, again, the three down linemen, Desmond Watson, Javon Dexter, Chris McLellan, and then you put Princely as a stand-up edge rusher. Or you could see a kind of, uh, I want to say like a NASCAR-type package that a lot of teams use where you see... I don't know. Uh, Antoine Power Island and Prince Liam and Meline as two of the edge defenders with Javon Dexter and Chris McLellan as the two D tackles. And it's like, guess what? We're going to get after the passer. Simple as that. Desmond Watson. I love Desmond Watson. He started off exceeding expectations. And then I think expectations got too high. And now people are souring on him when he really hasn't changed who he is as a player much. Uh, he, he's just kind of I think people were like, oh, man, like he, he he's outperforming these expectations. Imagine what he's going to do with a few more weeks of experience. That's very rarely how things work in college football. Uh, usually you see a bit of growth, and then you kind of plateau and you stagnate, and then the next year you see a, a bigger jump. So I think that maybe next year for Desmond Watson you expect to see a lot, but for the remainder of this year, he, we kind of know who he is for this year. And, that, and that's fine, by the way. That's not a bad thing. I think you can also get a little bit more creative with your uh, your usage of these sim pressures and 
I don't want to say just creepers, but you've got because you've got other kinds of sim pressures that Patrick Tony likes to break out, and you've got these fire blitzes or fire zones that you could break out, and it could be really fun. I think that for the huge majority of the snaps Brandon Cox played, he was rushing the passer, and you kind of knew he was rushing the passer. Where he dropped back in the coverage what, what, once a game, maybe. So I think now with Brandon Cox gone, you can use Prince Liam and Maylene. You can use Antoine Powell Ryland. You could use David Reese. You could use Lloyd Summerall. You could use Chief Borders and kind of have two stand-up edge rushers and be like, well, one of them might drop back. One of them might not drop back. They both might drop back. They both might rush. You can get a bit more creative, and I think you have to. Again, like I said, when, when you lose a talent, when you lose your most talented pass rusher, you have to try to scheme these pressures and sim pressures are the way to do it. Luckily for Florida, you're already pretty good at running these sim pressures. Maybe in the offseason, we'll take a look at all the different kinds that Florida did. Um, but I think you're pretty good at it already. So might might help alleviate that pressure as to, well, how can we, like, now we need to get more creative. I think maybe you just call them at a higher frequency, and that might be one way around it. I do think that you see more blitzes from Florida. I think for the remainder of the year, you see more man coverage from Florida because against Georgia, they were completely outskilled, but they played pretty solid in man coverage, and that's something you have to commend them for. I, I think you have to have fun with it because you're at a point now where you're 4-4. Four and four. You, you like you should make a bowl game. You should you should beat South Carolina and you should beat Vanderbilt. You could win out all four of the games remaining on schedule with or without Brenton Cox were winnable. It just gets a little bit more difficult without Brenton Cox. But again, you also have to acknowledge that maybe with him not in the locker room, I don't want to say there's um, a, a sign of relief, but maybe without Brenton Cox in the locker room players just feel better about themselves and are more willing to, or not more willing to, but just end up playing better because they get a, a little happier, we'll say. We'll say that. Um, so I think there's that. And I, I think that you see these different personnel groupings. You see, I, I seriously, like, prior to this season, I was practically begging for Chief Borders to play, especially in these sim pressure type situations, especially as that creeper that drops back and can rush the passer with little to no drop off. Um, I don't know. I think so. I hope so. Maybe we see more Trevez Johnson as a pass rusher, just coming off the edge from that nickel spot. I would like to see, I, that's something where I thought we would be a lot more aggressive with in Gainesville this year is seeing these pass rushers or seeing these defensive backs used as pass rushers haven't seen it much at all this year. That's a little annoying. Um, again, I, I'd like to see you get more aggressive. I'd like to see you get more creative. You just lost your best pass rusher by a huge margin. Get more creative. And also, Brenton Cox Jr., I, I talked about this yesterday when I went live after Brenton Cox got dismissed, where there was one play that against Georgia. Uh, he's in coverage in the flat. Stetson Bennett throws it to that zone, and the commentators are like, that's that gunslinger mentality that Stetson Bennett has sometimes when he gets real confident. That's stupid. Never never say that again. If I saw Brenton Coxon Jr., if I saw Brenton Cox Jr. in coverage, I'd throw it at his zone because I know he doesn't have the instincts in zone coverage. 
So if I see Brenton Cox Jr., I'm throwing it directly into his zone. I'm saying, go ahead, do something about it. Because he, he's not going to for the most part. And that's not a knock on him. That's something where people were saying, oh, like Brenton Cox isn't good in coverage. Like that's his fault. No, no, that, that's the coaching staff's fault. You put a pass rusher in coverage and they throw it to his area. That's your fault as a play caller. That is, that is nothing to do with the plan. Because you're asking someone to do something they shouldn't do. That's like saying, hey, uh, Justin Shorter, you're going to play QB today. Good luck. Because it's not something you should be asking them to do. But again, with his defense, and that's one of the things where I think you'll really see the defense improve next year and the year after that is the personnel right now is not there to run the defense Patrick Tony wants to run. Whether or not you want to say it's because they're worse or just not a scheme fit, I think it's that they're not a scheme fit. It's different, but the personnel is not there. This defense needs to get more creative, needs to get more aggressive for the remainder of the year because your personnel is not there to run the defense that you want to run. And you kind of got to win a couple games here. I think that going into the Georgia game, we were saying, hey, like even if you lose, you've got nothing to lose for the remainder of the year. Just do whatever you want. I think that you do have something to lose. Like, like the expectation for Florida should still be a bowl game because you have a team that's good enough to make it to a bowl game. You lost to what? The number one tied for two. Uh, Utah's in the teen range. And then Kentucky just fell out of the top 25. Like the only four teams you've lost to are good, are damn good football teams. Expectations should still be bowl game because the remainder of your year is not filled with great teams. I don't care if you win by one or a hundred. You should be winning football games. I'm very intrigued to see how the pass rush is going to handle or how the pass rush is going to operate this week without Brent Cox Jr. for the first time against Haynes King. Or against Haynes King, against Texas AM. I don't know who's going to be playing QB for them. They just they go nuts with it. So that's why I was like, oh wait, no. Um their QB situation is just a mess. It's constantly different. Like Connor Weigman might do it. We'll see what happens with it. Um and it's just going to be really fun to watch Florida try to create some pressure. Because, um, yeah, again, n- no clue what they're really going to do. But now we get to talk about a different loss, a different kind of loss with this one doing to injury. It's Keon Zipper, best tight end on the team. But first, a quick word from Sweat Block because it's it's no longer summertime. Thankfully, because during the summer, I am disgusting. Um, I am naturally very sweaty. Sorry to tell you that. I, I am naturally very sweaty. I live in a human place where I'm even more gross because of it. Luckily, not as hot right now. Humidity is still a pain, but not as hot. So it kind of alleviates that pressure a little bit. But for me, sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. So, you know, two peas in a pod there. So it's a doctor created, doctor recommended if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, yeah, try Sweatblock. You can save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com, and it's also available on Amazon. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about Keon Zipperer, who, love you, buddy. Um, I don't know why I said buddy. I've never spoken to this man before in my life. Um, but I am a big Keon Zipperer fan. I am. I think he's the best tight end on his roster. I've been saying that since... Kamori Gamble days, and 
uh, yeah, he hasn't been super productive. I think that's more of a product of the rest of the offense around him than anything else. But he's, I, I haven't been officially told yet what the injury at the time of recording this, haven't been officially told yet what the injury is, what the real extent of it. We were told season ending injury. Um, but that doesn't really say what, because there's four games left and then a potential bowl game. So it could be something like, uh, all I know is the rumors are hamstring injury. So it could be a hamstring strain that's going to keep him out for a month or so. And it's like, well, that's the year. Or it could be a hamstring tear, which is going to be months of injury and recovery and rehab and all that. So could be anything. We don't know the extent yet. We just hope that he is back soon. Um, Nick Elksness, who is kind of the guy who is that other pass-catching tight end and is kind of making waves for tweeting during this Georgia game. Of course, he is injured, wasn't there. Um, so that's why he's tweeting during the game. But it's, it's really rough because you've got Dante Sanders has not been productive as a pass-catcher. Six catches on 13 targets. For example, or for reference, Keon Zipper, 13 catches on 20 targets. So they both have seven incompletions their way, but one has twice as many catches. Um, so there's that. Nick Alexness again, injured, not sure what his status will be. Arliss Boardingham, injured, not sure what his status will be. Maybe Noah Keeter is the next man up since Nick Alexness is banged up and since, um, and since Arliss Boardingham is banged up. Maybe Noah Keeter's the guy, which honestly, I'm not opposed to. I feel like Noah Keeter during the spring game and in the very limited uh, reps that we've seen, not as a pass catcher. No other tight ends have caught passes aside from Zip and Xanders. Um, but from the spring game especially, Keeter just looked great, and we talked about that with Hayden Hansen last week or two weeks ago. We'll ask Hayden Hansen again for tomorrow's show, Lockdown Gators. We'll ask about uh, who steps up because, and I know that I've had people ask me like, Oh, does this mean Hayden is going to get a shot? I will say I'm not in the room. Obviously I don't think so just because Hayden fills more of that Dante Xander's role, uh, which is the same reason I'm not going to say Jonathan Odom is going to be able to step up. Although maybe with this tight end injuries now piling up three tight ends that played that same spot banged up. Maybe you see uh, kind of a little forced variety, and or maybe not forced variety, but forced similarities in forced variety because it's like, well, we need to play the 12 tight end personnel uh, or the 12 personnel, two tight ends. They're all hurt, so we're going to have two similar styles. Run the ball a lot, maybe. Or in a roundabout odd kind of way, this could end up being good for the offense as far as passing attack goes because you could be forced into playing more 11 personnel. But you realize a lot of people were also like, Trent Whitmore time. You do realize that 11 personnel means three receivers. Trent Whitmore is not going to be that third receiver. It'll be Ricky Pearsall. So this passing attack could get way more explosive and it could end up being good for the offense. I also feel like, I don't know, I feel like Anthony Richardson had good chemistry with Keon Zipper. I feel like he's got good chemistry with Ricky Pearsall. And I feel like that maybe having them both on the field at the same time prior to this injury would have been great for the passing attack. But that's not what happened. 
Maybe the offense gets more creative. Again, we're looking at both sides of the ball saying maybe you get more creative. Maybe you expand a little bit. Maybe you, you're forced into being more aggressive. You're forced into being more creative. Hopefully, um, I, for one, am a person who has not been happy with this offense production, uh, the tight end involvement, the defense in general has been rough. And uh, now injuries are piling up where we just had the bye week in Gainesville. And we were like, okay, Gators are getting healthy. Brent Cox kicked off the team. Keon Zipper out for the year. It's getting rough in Gainesville. And I feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better. But on the bright side, youth, youth movement should be continuing to happen in Gainesville. Thanks for making Lock Night Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Florida Gators. Hayden Hansen will be here. We'll talk the depth chart. Who's going to fill in that edge rusher? Is there going to be a change in safety, tight end, whatever it might be? We're going to have fun with it. But for now, and for your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, University of Florida. Now, for Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.